live from Malifaux Ringside. It's Friday Night Fodown! But it has to be a cold opening. This is everyone's prepared for this. I mean, we can talk about me eating cheese. That's not a problem. I mean, we one hour could. cheese podcast. <laughs> down in some American slices, my homeboy. See, I think a one hour cheese podcast sounds pretty gooder to me. Oh, uh, Roman, you're breaking up. Drop from the episode. <laughs> <laughs> your mic is your mic is garbage, Roman. You you, you can't come on. <laughs> so if we force everyone to drop out, but Craig, does this just turn into third floor wars or <laughs> no? No, the sound's not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> no at, at that point at that point it's like highlander he's taken us out then it becomes fourth floor wars he adds another floor for every podcast he takes over oh god oh no oh no where were the other two uh, <laughs> there's a joke in there somewhere too. Give me my phone. okay right. welcome to friday night Fodown. i am your host doug we have an interesting cast of characters today. One who is very, very special to you, to all of us, to everyone that knows anything about Malho. They probably have heard of this mystical man's name. He is Craig Floors III. Say hello. Hey, good to finally be on. I've been yeah. a steamer for forever, and I can't believe that I have this is my first time <laughs> being like, a guest. God, do not. <laughs> I did. He's done it. He's Is there any other the- steamers out there that are excited, like to have another episode? <laughs> Don't listen to I do not want my fans to be called steamers. Like, I know I'm not the only steamer that's psyched to have another Friday night bowdown. Die! The die is cast. <laughs> and thusly have we been coded. Oh, oh my god! Oh, no. There are only two steamers I know of, and one's. Hashtag steamer. There is the, there's, there's the Stanley from the variety and there is the Cleveland variety. Hi, Victoria. You're also Hi. with us. Oh, oh. I am. I'm going to need more rum if this is how it's going to go. <laughs> this is how it always goes. Let me scratch up. I mean, to be fair. This person's name. To be and fair. Put your name. To be fair. Uh, as well as uh, our other two. Um, parasite's probably a nice word. Um, Nate and Roman. The people that just show up every time. Oh, so now we're now we're just loot lumped in as one one collective entity. Yes. Yeah, if I would have presented it better, you totally would agree that you're one person. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's going that way anyway. Oh god! Like you're constantly on the same Wi-Fi. So yep. Admiss welcomes all. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> we're done talking well we're not done talking about explorers but we're done focusing on explorers so you got to go back to talking about gremlins or something ah, fair enough yeah yeah right okay so this is friday night photo this is us pretty much just taking the piss out of everything and ha- having some fun coming up and talking about some weird dumb topics and uh trying to entertain you folks but something we do every time before we actually get into the friday night photo part of friday night photo we talk about our patrons it's been a while since we had one of these so we can talk about the patrons we got some new people (gasps) yes you like us we got all all you steamers that are listening you need to go over to patreon and let's get this list longer jesus Okay, uh, yeah, I'll start us off. There's a list right here. There's a uh, list right there. I, first up, thank you, Craig Shipman, who, if you didn't know, his house has at least three floors. <laughs> Interesting fun fact. All right. 
<laughs> Victoria, uh, that was that was bad. That was really bad. I want you to understand how terrible this is that was. <laughs> nope, that was uh, perfect. <laughs> so up next is Edward Santiago. Little known fact: he is the inventor of American cheese. <laughs> oh, oh wow! So you must be you must be really that, you then really who invented queso? Oh man, there's a joke here. Oh, there <laughs> <really> he is. <laughs> Just, just let it sit for a while, warm up. It'll, it's it'll melt up, and come yeah. to you. It, it, yeah. It'll boil. Up. While you're, th- while you're figuring that out, we need to throw out the, the, the Nick Westbrook. So, is he past his expiration date? Why are we throwing him out? Well, uh, gosh, what is something? I, I was, I made it very clear when Doug asked me to come on the show that. I will not be on a podcast unless at some point I get to shit talk Nick Westbrook. So oh, that that's what we'll count as. I love you, Nick. <laughs> you, it's, you notice that he didn't actually shit talk the Nick Westbrook because there is absolutely no shit on Nick Westbrook. He's nah, a perfect man. And, and Nick is this Nick is frustratingly a good guy. Like, he, <laughs> like, like it, it would be so much easier if he was just like a bad person, but he's like a really good guy. And it's, it's a little frustrating. Not even a single shit to be had on the no. <laughs> uh, okay. We know who we can shit talk, and that's <laughs> who apparently is too good for the state of Illinois and is leaving me behind. But I still love him. I have got to give a shout out to another patron, Ambrose Ingram, who might have the sexiest voice that's ever been on Third Floor Wars. Ooh, yeah, good point. That timer was already going, by the way. What? Yeah. Oh, shit. Sorry. I thought I'd be prepared and get a timer going. Just timer <laughs> it just started without me saying it could. Well, you, you figure out what wire you need to cut to stop that timer for the moment. Uh, I'm going to talk about our next two patrons, John Haas and Chase Ferraria, who by day are both great, excellent people working on a, a manatee landscaping and save the whales. Actually, it's shave the whales. Sorry, I missed that S, that H there. Uh, but by night, they are a dynamic Malifaux-based crime-fighting duo in Baja, California. Who told Roman he was paid by the word? Roman. Oh, uh, <laughs> Roman told no Roman one needs to tell me. Word. I just know. <laughs> if Roman was paid by the word, he'd be the richest man alive. <laughs> this is accurate. You know who's paid by the line of code, though? That's DZ Lyrgard, our yes. next yes. Another fun fact about him. He is such a kind-hearted, amazing, good person that he not once suggested that our fandom fans be called steamers. <laughs> <laughs> we have a good name for our fans right in the title. It's Scoundrels. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good start. It's a good start. You, you <laughs> honestly think that's going to get sh- it, like it's done, right? Yep. Like in yep. stone. You realize that, late. right? Yep. You can fight it if you want, but yep. Craig has learned from the floor heads. <laughs> it's a done deal. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, our dear, our dear, dear Austin Martin, working long and hard. He's actually working on the next great American novel. What is it? What is that novel? Uh, no, that's the title. The next great American oh. novel. He's really oh. hoping it sells under that title. <laughs> so that it is the next Ameri- the next great American novel. Okay. Is this sort of like the greatest song in the world? 
Yeah, or or like okay. you know how I made a million dollars writing this book, and it's you know one book on Amazon yeah. for a million dollars. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair. <laughs> Fair. Clever. Jeez. That's, that's what a clever man would do. Austin Martin's clever. Roman. Speaking of clever men, uh, Joe Hadfield is definitely up there. And his one failing in life is he tries very hard to be the evil nemesis to John and Chase that I mentioned earlier, except that he keeps screwing up and giving money to children's charities. Oh, I hate it when that happens. Okay. Ooh, ooh, yes. Yay. Back to Doug. Okay, we get to talk about someone super special. Extra special. So special and amazing that people actually say he's just as good as the Nick Westbrook. This is... Impossible! Philip Travis, an amazing man who's done so many things for both Malifaux and the greater world. In fact, I learned out recently that he can actually speak to animals, but only endangered species. So he's dedicated his life to saving those species. And he's been spending the past three months in Africa fighting a guerrilla war against white rhinoceros poachers. Very nice. Yes. Amazing. Wait, so he's sided with gorillas... To fight rhinoceros poachers. He's borrowing them. Okay. <laughs> so I read on TMZ something about that. It turns out you are correct. He can only only speak to endangered animals, but they have found out that he's actually been killing animals so that there's more to talk to. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. Why you got to be that way to poor Philip? <laughs> poor Philip. Jeez. The dark himself, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Craig, would you say that that knowledge makes you steamed? Roman, oh, God damn it! Go to your corner. Until we're gonna so next up, I think also brand new to our Patreon, right? I, I mean, think I've seen this name before. It's been a while since we've done a Friday night photown, so okay. Well, first shout out on a Friday night photown for this particular person because I don't think I've seen this name before. It's one Sean Fisher. I assume he fishes Sean's, like just as they fall oh, overboard, man. he just fishes them out of the water. He's a Sean Fisher. It's not his name, it's a title. Wait, uh, yeah. wait to finish strong, guys. <laughs> <laughs> as we always do. Oh, do you really like this podcast? Oh, God, he's making me do it now. <laughs> what up, Steelers? <laughs> Okay. See, so this the- is why I just died at the end there is because you keep pulling his <laughs> fucking steamers. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. We gotta do this. We got 60 minutes on the clock. Oh, crap. Rules. Okay. Uh, we got our list of people. It's gonna go Craig, Victoria, Nate, Roman, and then me. We'll pick from a list of amazing topics, and then everyone else has to answer them, including the person who picks the topics. We'll go through uh, hopefully, I'd say two rounds is usually what we get to. We might go a little bit over the six minutes but that's okay we've kidnapped craig for this all right one hour on the clock craig you know what you're gonna go with i do are you ready yes what rpg would you most like to run for your fellow podcasters in this episode oh boy now this last this in parentheses i feel attacked excluding systems you already (laughs) podcast or stream which greatly make, limits my choices. I couldn't um, make it too easy for you. <laughs> you picked this one. I know. Uh, <laughs> I would want to run Delta Green. And the reason I would want to run Delta Green is because all of the players would not survive. And I would <laughs> once again reclaim the only person putting out a weekly podcast about Malifaux. <laughs> 
Okay, fair. Reasonable. Oh, so Craig's Reasonable. after us. <laughs> I could never <laughs> dethrone you guys. You guys are always the best. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm That's a piker. A I'm a piker compared to the to, to you guys. That's a weird definition of the best, but thank you. Yeah, that's that's a that's a very weird bar. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that's kind of low, but it's a weird bar to set. Okay, um, God, so I I do actually have an RPG that I've been wanting to run for a long time, but like three of you guys, I would not be able to run it for, um, because I doubt your ability to take anything seriously. So, um, let's say I want to run a game of Vampire: The Masquerade. Sign me up, so, Victoria. I'm there. So nice. For, for the ones who can't take it. it. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. For the ones who can't take it seriously, you're talking about Doug, Roman, and Craig, right? <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> I'm a very serious person, Nate. Is it just my name three times? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I trust that Craig might be able to like be in a serious RPG, but I don't know about you, Roman and Doug. <laughs> Nate, I've, Nate I've always wanted to play vampire. I've never played vampire. Oh, I can finally I, uh, use that luchador character I came up with Jesus. that one time. <laughs> See, my my best friend plays vampire or played vampire, and it's always sounded really super interesting to me. Yep. So, all right, who's up next? I don't have this memorized yet. Nate. Nate. I mean, well, I'm going to go the opposite end of Victoria, and we're playing a game of Kobold Date My Baby. <laughs> All hail King Torg. All hail King Torg. Explain. I don't... What? So so in Kobold Date My Baby, uh, everyone's playing kobolds, and the goal is to find a baby and eat it, and or, and or give it to the King Torg. All hail King Torg. All hail King Torg. Uh... <laughs> For him to cook for all of your kobold brethren and sisterin. I think this is a cult. <laughs> yes, it's shockingly yes, specific. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it is what it says on the box. Kobolds ate my baby. I mean, Craig would like it. No one survives. Like, you go through at least three kobolds per person. That is true. Kobolds. Yeah, <laughs> Accurate. Exactly. They are. It is well reflected that your kobold will die, and you will have to roll up a new kobold mid-game. Now we gotta do a mashup of Delta Green investigating <laughs> kobolds ate my baby, and it yeah, turns out that vampires were running all of it. Delta know. Green ate my kobold. <laughs> uh, so Roman. All right. So that brings it to me. Oddly, kind of a serious answer here. I've been wanting to run Fate for a long time. Oh, nice. And I love the, the the bits I've played of it. I really like that you can just insert it everywhere. And specifically, I think what I would do for you guys is start with you are in like you're you are you or whatever character you want to be in a regular world. And then parts of different games that we all play start happening in real life and the world just starts morphing around it. And all of you have to deal with that. Yeah, that's oh, really about as much in thought I've put into it. Okay, I'm Doug. Um, and because I technically haven't done a podcast of this or stream of this yet, I can go with Through the Breach. Yes, you can. Nice. Answer. Uh, lazy, lazy answer. I mean, you guys would absolutely fucking love that. I know yeah. you would. I should probably do that, too, alongside yeah. the, the, the Cambridge Academy thing I'm, I'm planning Just on. But anyways. Make, make these three be in Cambridge. Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I pitched this to the, the Harlefoe guys, but this is pretty much like Harry Potter and Malifaux. Kind of magical. I dig it. Yeah, yeah. A lot less like teenagers getting into shenanigans and more like the Dean doesn't really care if you die. 
I mean, it's Malifaux. Like Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Well, yeah, it's really like, mm. Ah, uh, shit. Mm. Shit. <laughs> shit. Mm. Um, like, if I didn't have to go with that, then this is also kind of another lazy answer. To be fair, like, I've been laser-like focused on Through the Breach for so much of my RPG career. I would like to do a fifth ed game with you guys, but everyone, it's a monster campaign. We all have oh, I'm in. I mean, Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. that's like half my normal characters, so sure. <laughs> it's just Nate. Stip- but he's stipulate that Nate cannot play a green skin of any kind. Yeah, Nate, oh, Nate yeah. has to play an elf. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Who thinks he's an orc? <laughs> Disturbingly close to a character I pull out on the yep. rag for D&D situations. Hey, Balex is a treasure. <laughs> Balex is a treasure. Okay. That's through, everyone. Uh, Victoria, you're next. <laughs> What's your OTP? If you've answered this before, if you've answered this before, what would be your secondary couple? Oh no! So I've answered this multiple times. So yes, this is like your tertiary. Um, yeah, this is this is my tertiary. At like this number point. six on the list. <laughs> six is not tertiary, but um, yes, yeah, somewhere far down on the list uh, as far as couples. I may have mentioned this in passing before. But Parker and McCabe. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The two people I keep getting confused for each other in my head. <laughs> also, they just both give off just such disaster bisexual yes. energy. Yep. I just can't. They have to. So have to have to. Nate, uh, cross lovers over a weekend. Um, <laughs> so so I, I went in a very uh, a very different direction because I was actually going to pick this if you didn't. Um, <laughs> Bonasuva and Lord Chompy Bits. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is a lot of arms flailing that's, around my that eyes. Is, that, is, that is the ultimate hug. That is, that, is, that is the best hug in all of existence. The only two people who will make the fanfiction smut make sense. <laughs> uh, uh. Roman, you got anything better than that? Oh man, I don't know about better, but I do know I this is a pairing that I haven't talked about before on here, but it's it's come into my mind fairly recently as explorers hit the table, and that is English Ivan and Lucius. Not for any fluff reason so far, but it's because you have literally the heist man and the guy who throws all the wrenches into everyone else's plans and they mm-hmm. just kind of run around each other, throwing wrenches into ideas mm-hmm. that they're trying to heist each other from. Yeah. And do horrible things. Okay. That would oh. be you, Doug. Doug. Yep. You're Doug. Yeah. I'm not used to being on the bottom of the list for some reason. Uh, it's very Doug. confusing. Okay. So yeah. I'm actually going to also enjoy the fact that we have the explorers out. And we're going to go with English Ivan and the captain. Mm. Uh-huh. They aren't actually the same person. They're <laughs> <slumbers. laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Ship it. So in order for things to be interesting, we have to pick, <laughs> we have to pick a high conflict couple. Oh, ooh, oh okay. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, could there be a higher conflict couple than the reunion of lost loves, Seamus and Molly? Ooh. 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 They finally, finally realize Philip looks better bodiless, that Seamus, <laughs> Seamus did a favor, and 
and they they run away together. I think it's a beautiful story. Oh boy! Um, no, no. Okay, okay. I understand this. This I've seen this anime, and they and- already have a nanny. <laughs> we we it's it's fine we got it uh this is kind of like domestic girlfriend we'll have like the entire season be seamus's redemption arc where exactly. it learns to be just not not uh, a, like, not not a not murderer but less shit towards women like boy needs a lot of therapy see, before see, I'm down this is why you don't write tv doug um <laughs> what it is 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 molly Molly is like when she takes, she finally takes her glasses off and lets her hair down. You realize that she was oh, just God. the beautiful God. nerd the whole time. And, and that's what, and that's when Seamus finds his heart and realizes that he's better off maybe raising kids than raising the dead. I, I mean, there's so much material there, Doug. Hi, I'm Craig Shipman, and I was alive in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> you knew Craig would be the strongest hate, troll of us all. I hate almost everything about that. Oh my God. I think conceptualize her hair coming down. I think it just stays in place. <laughs> yeah, when I said the ponytail comes out, I mean out from the back of her scalp. <laughs> oh, no. the, the cherry on top is Seamus doesn't show up and, and try to give her flowers to make up. No, he presents her with a body for Philip to use. Nice. Oh, no. <laughs> and finally pays the nanny. <laughs> you know what? You know, the necromancer's really got to raise that child. Uh, oh, oh, boy. Okay. Okay, my head uh, hurts. Nate, you're up Nate. next. All right, well, you know what? Craig, did, Craig just threw the gauntlet, so I'm going to make y'all suffer through my answer for this. What is oh, a needlessly divisive food t- choice in Malifaux? A la pineapple on pizza. And what is Why the you- correct answer? <laughs> Why would you do this to me? Fuck. Because. So my thought on this is that gremlins have a lot of lot of opinions on the best part of the pig. You know, there's the bacon, the ham, the pork belly, the jowl. Some are even really partial to the tongue. Bacon is pork belly. But they're, but they're all wrong. The very, the very best part of a Malifaux pig is war pig testicles. Oh, I think I'm going to say trotters. I like that better, actually. You've seen the biggest boar at the state fair. Yes, yes, I They could feed a whole family. Yeah. <laughs> so this is not a combination per se. It's just whether or not a food is good or an abomination. Yeah, basically. I'm okay with. We can sort of morph the question towards that. Roman. Yeah, you're last, so you can yeah. think about this. I yep. gotta think about this. So, as the person who came up with this question and should have had a better answer ready first off, <laughs> my thought on this one uh, is essentially sushi is the divisive food choice in Malifaux, and it's divisive for two reasons. One, they're not immediately right next to the ocean, so it takes a minute to get the food there so freshness is of question and of expense the second and probably more concerning part is the fish uh have you seen anything from the other side they're not friendly but are they tasty oh they're delightfully tasty also the, the question is like you get into the moral question of are they sentient are we making sentient being sushi 
Does anyone care in 1908? Probably yeah, fair not. enough. Never mind. And, and, and more to the point, the best part of them is the armored whelk brain. That is the correct answer of what is what is the best sushi part. It's the hardest to get to. Exactly. I, I might debate you on whether or not Malifaux fish would be tasty because most predatory animals are not very yummy. But um, that's fair. Question for you. Is Sillerid considered sushi? I mean, in the bayou, it, it's more of Cajun sushi. Is the is the answer there? Sushi. I was yeah. gonna say, do you make do you make sushi with catfish? Because if that exists, then maybe. I mean, you could. I mean, catfish. B- bottom sushi. feeders are well known to be great sushi food. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I said you could. I didn't say it was a good idea. I said you could. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I'm next, and. Needlessly divisive food choice in Malifaux. I'm going to go with uh, pro- easily the most divisive food choice in Malifaux. Um, just as divisive as pineapple on pizza, I might add. Uh-huh. And that is pineapple on pizza. You're <laughs> <laughs> really it in tonight, aren't you, Doug? <laughs> well, I'd like, it would be, okay, the, the, the joke is that it transcends universes, all right? It can be divisive in Malifaux, but okay. A better answer for you. And the question is, does is does black blood belong on food? And if so, how much? I mean, oh, because no. I feel like the Ortegas use, use that like hot sauce. Yeah, gotta be. <clears throat> uh, mm. So Hard no, I mean, maybe So <laughs> my, my food controversy happens at a very specific place. So there's a minor league team in Malifaux. Um, we'll call them the the Fighting Vasquezes. And people go to watch them play baseball. And some this- people some people like to get pretzels. Some people oh, okay. like to get uh, chicken sandwiches. Some people like to get ice cream. But the this people that really fun. know Malifaux baseball always go and get a Shen Long hot dog. And it's very, very controversial. Look at how much Shenlong is in this hot dog. So, sir, would you like a regular hot dog or would you like a Shenlong hot dog? Shenlong hot dog. So, Craig, you're confirming that Shenlong has a 12 inch wiener? Oh, Jesus. Oh, (laughs) So, generally speaking, jokes are a lot funnier. When we don't spell them out, when there's layers, <laughs> this is Nate you're talking to. Wait, how many layers are in this Shenlong hot dog? Good <laughs> Wait, is Shenlong an ogre? Hot dog. No, the second I heard hot dog, I thought this was going to be a ketchup or mustard like bullshit thing. But <laughs> better. This is much better. Did I impress you, Victoria? Long on Shenlong. Do you like really want to play vampire now? <laughs> no. Big fans. The big fans call them the Shenlong Wiener. Obviously. <laughs> I am a five-year-old. Thank you, sir. Let's move on. And oh, Greg's trying to hit us with the subtle jokes, and we're a bunch of toddlers. <laughs> yeah, it was super subtle. But yet, Nate was able to explain it anyway. Exactly. That thing is deep and true. I'm the king of the kindergarten. I would just like to point out that that wiener is so long, it took from the time that Nate mentioned the warbore testicles until to get to the end of the wiener for that to get mentioned. I, I, it was it was a nice bookend, wasn't it, Roman? It really was. 
well, and we do have we have uh, Victoria's answer on this now to really finish us off here. Uh, I mean, like I kind I was I was gonna do the ketchup or mustard, but I guess I can't now because hot dogs have already been mentioned. You got to put something on the Shenlong. <laughs> hey, do you think? Do you think calling it the Shenlong hot dog? Is do you like it boiled, or would you prefer it in the steamer? People just. People just you think that Shenlon hot dog is too long of a name and people just shorten it to Shlong? Yeah, obviously. Probably. <laughs> good, really. good, Doug. I accept that. I like a you, may continue, you may continue putting out episodes. That was good. Ah! <laughs> like people also order it. Peanuts. Thank you for uh, graciously allowing us to continue. To <laughs> they also order it either the High River style or served Yan Lo. Oh, very good. Very good, Roman. You were allowed to broadcast as well. That was Excellent. good. We accept that. <laughs> Might I remind you folks that Weird is actually listening to the podcast? <laughs> yes, yes, yes that, you may. Doug, Doug that's on them. <laughs> that's their fault. I never looked at it that way. Uh, <laughs> Can't wait to see what sassy tweet they put out with this one. We see you, Matt. We see you. It's just gonna, it's just gonna be. Don't listen to this, but they still post a link. <laughs> I See dare you, you soon, Matt and Kyle. <laughs> okay, controversial food. Get round us out with uh, pineapple uh, and pizza. No, pizza on pineapple. I mean, that's been done. Let's just go with the existence of ice, because like at this point in time, the only get <laughs> ice would be to go into the northern fucking hills and maybe get <laughs> China. Like, is it worth it? I know a cultist. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have ice dealers. Oh, and, yep. and at that point, is is in your ice, is there bits of leftovers? Ugh. Nice. Do you uh, like it chunky? Water. <laughs> I know too much about you, the transportation of ice during the Victorian do you, period. Do you want regular ice or do you want ice with the bits? <laughs> <laughs> That's real good. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, Roman? Yep, Roman. No, that, that, is, that is me for picking the next question. And I'm going to go with, you grow so famous from podcasting. <laughs> At least to the level of, of Craig so far, because I'm sure this has happened. Hollywood offers to let you make a low-budget Malifaux movie that's really just a ripoff of a different terrible franchise. What low-budget Malifaux-themed movie ripoff remake? Wow, that is a... a Lots of words. Which of these remakes do you make? And as a follow-up, what is your egotistical cameo in said movie? Uh, I, personally, I blame Think Nate for this, because I'm totally remaking (laughs) Face-Off. And uh, Nick Cage, the Nick Cage character in Visage Swap, shall we call it, uh, is played by Seamus. And Travolta is, of course, Lady J, which, in addition to the redoing all of the jokes, gets to add in the the body comedy of Seamus really cross-dressing, like really turning into it. That would be great. Um, As far as my stereotypical and egotistical cameo in the movie, I'm going to play the surgeon who actually does the face swapping Mm -hmm. as Dr. Douglas McMorning. Very good. Okay. All right. Okay. Um... Oh, geez. I lost my turn of thought. That's pretty good. Okay, so I have my personal favorite terrible movie franchise. And that is the Crank movies. The what movies? 
Crank, starring Jason Statham, which is like the thinnest plot device for just mindless action for two different movies. Mm. And I love it. Specifically, first movie, uh, he has to keep his adrenaline levels up, otherwise his heart explodes. Ah, so right. he just has to do like action so, like, things for 90 so, minutes. So like speed, but in a person instead yes. of a bus. And uh, the second movie, uh, his heart gets replaced with a mechanical heart, and he constantly needs like to get juiced with electricity, otherwise that stops. And it has the greatest fight scene in any shitty movie ever, where the two bad guys face off in like a transformer, electrical transformer, and suddenly they become like kaiju characters with giant fake heads beating the shit out of each other in slow motion. Anyways, yeah, we're doing that, but the person I thought of that would closely fit this uh, is Taylor, so we're going to do a bit of a gender swap. Okay. Yeah, Taylor's just uh, been poisoned by that dastardly Jacob Lynch, and um, I don't know, it constantly has to do drugs, otherwise she dies. <laughs> no, that's not action. Oh, well, just that's the same thing. Action. Yeah, she, she does do the cool action stuff. She dies. And uh, my cameo in... Oh, shit, never mind. I got... I got okay, like... The first movie. Only Roman would have a multi-part question. This wasn't even my question. I just picked it. (laughs) The first movie, he gets like jacked up with epinephrine and then just goes for a sprint. (laughs) But like he's watching himself, his like the the news report on his shenanigans on like, you know, back in the day when they had TVs just reporting the news at TV stores where you just walk up and, you know. Yep. Get the get the plot stuff you want, but then there's like this dude that looks at him because he's in like a hospital gown and looks down. He's just got this massive, you know, thing going on around his waist area. And I was gonna do that, but I really kind of can't do that with Taylor. So instead, I'm going to be the dude that uh, is like, "Are you sure?" And then hits her with a defibrillator. That sense of flying into an elevator, because I like that scene, too. <laughs> Anyways, I took up a lot of time. Craig, go ahead. All right. So the governor general, very concerned, very concerned about um, the state of the youth in Malifaux. The youth. Yeah. And, and really kind of the direction, you know, that things are happening and, 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 and the things that they're getting into. So the governor general commissions a, sh- a, a movie. And it's called Brilliance Madness. Oh, oh damn it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yes. Black and white. And where we can see exactly how a teen can just try brilliance and become homicidal. Start reading comic books. <laughs> he might let her touch it. Oh, man. <laughs> Brilliance Madness coming out from the Governor General next year. Oh, oh yeah. what's your cameo though? Oh, hey, my cameo? cameo? Uh, I I kind of subtly put it in there. I'd let her touch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, fuck. That's good. Okay. That's good. <laughs> well then. Ah, uh, Doug. Doug's next. Yeah, Doug's next. I thought it was oh. me next. Victoria needs the, the answer next. The, the, answer. the better half oh, of Doug is next. This is the second time you've forgotten me. You I'm right here next to you. There was a long pause. <laughs> I assumed everyone was done. <laughs> There's still two whole people. 
Yeah, Nate hasn't I, got either. I've had like a little bit of rum, okay? Forgive me. <laughs> like an ounce of rum. Uh, so despite the fact that Roman already took Seamus, I'm I'm gonna steal him back. I mean, we all want to take Seamus. <laughs> there we go. The mutton chops, though. <sighs> and he's going to be the um, antagonist in a slasher film. Because we need that. We need more we need more slasher films. I was gonna ask which and slasher film, but I don't think it matters. It doesn't. It yes. does not matter. No. Nightmare in Red Chapel. Yeah, sounds right. Mm, Halloween no. Nightmare in Red Chapel. But uh, obviously nobody survives though. Seamus uh, in the hood. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I guess it would be copycat killer in the hood, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> we, could, we could bring back Demi Moore in Seamus's version of striptease. Oh. <laughs> but like, yeah, no. My uh, my egotistical cameo is like, I would be the last girl, but like, nobody lives. So, still get murdered. But I'm okay with that. But But now... Anytime somebody gets murdered in a slasher film, it's because they committed a sin previous, right? So if you watch any of the Freddy movies, the yep. as soon as someone commits a sin, whether yep. it be premarital sex or drugs or whatever, then that's when Jason kills them. So, Victoria, what we really want to know is what sin do you commit that leads to all your death? Them. Jaywalking. All, all of them <laughs> gradually. Them. Good answer. <laughs> what? Schadenfreude. <laughs> <laughs> I like that word. If it wasn't it obvious. Is a fun word. It's, it's a, a fun, fun word. word. <laughs> Yay, Germans. <sighs> now, Nate. Now, Nate. Um, so my idea, going slightly different, um, I'm doing a version of Stephen King's Misery, um, uh-huh. where where instead of kidnapping a famous author, it's me kidnapping Doug and hiding him in uh, Roman's basement. It's supposed <laughs> to be fictional, Nate. It's supposed to not have really happened. <laughs> Craig. Please don't bring that up. It was a dark part of my life, and, and yeah, so it's it's just yeah, it's it's like a it's a documentary of that time I kidnapped Doug and tortured him to you produce know, more can, content. I can still call the cops. Like, I would just like to remind everybody for legal reasons, I do not have a basement. Exactly. There's no basement to be found. There is no evidence. Um, this is all hypothetical, fictional, if you will. What does it say that it took Victoria three days to realize that Doug wasn't around? <laughs> I mean, you know. It was a nice three days. Yeah, a nice vacation. Great three days. <laughs> I love you and I would miss you. Oh, there. Look at that. Sea steamers. That's why we love this show. <laughs> On that note, Doug, it's your turn again. It is. You get to choose a topic. I'm going to choose a topic. Yay. Oh, what do I want? Oh, I left the Arcanist question for the Arcanist players. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, maybe if we get back to me, how much time we got? Okay, we got, we got 30 like minutes. Half an hour so left. yeah, we'll probably get get back around to me. So that'll be the nice like ender if someone else doesn't pick it. I'm not picking that one because it's going to take a while to explain. <laughs> well, it can't be longer than Romans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that was only my warm up. <laughs> oh, fuck. Weird. The lovely company of, of Weird. Miniatures, weird games, weird games, weird games. Loves you. They loves you. They loves you. They loves you so much (laughs) that they decide that they're going to celebrate your existence 
in Malifaux. They're going to have it down on paper. What they're going to do is that they're going to name uh, an interesting landmark in Malifaux, in the in the universe of Malifaux. Some, something that's like maybe not super centric to the plot, but still an interesting thing. But like, hey, this guy is so friggin' cool. We named this, um, uh, yeah, this volcano after him. Or, or something. So, uh, what I want to know is, uh, what mildly interesting Malifaux landmark are you named after, and what is it? Me, I am going to go with, uh, let's see. I can't, I can't call it Dougie. Dougie's Tower, because that insinuates a different model. So we'll just go with Broman. So we're going we're gonna to call it Broman's Tower. It's, it's a clock tower located in uh, the Industrial Zone. Of course it is. Yes, it is. Of course. Of course. Uh, it has nothing to do with a campaign I've been running for two years. Anyways, the interesting thing about this clock tower is everyone hates it. Everyone hates <laughs> it so damn much. Because on every hour, every hour, it chimes. Because, you know... That's what clock towers do, right? But instead of bells, it's just loud bird shrieking. <laughs> no one knows why it sounds like a seagull at 3 a.m., but it does. <laughs> why? Why? Because it's the exact, exact kind of weird mouthful shit that happens in in the fluff, okay? So the Broman's Tower, colloquially known as the Shrieking Tower, or that damn tower... Is what they're going to name it after me. And that seems like my sort of thing. I'm kind of annoying a little bit. Oh. And probably a thorn in weird sight. So they're not going to name it after me Ooh, anyways. Moving on, Craig. <laughs> so in the nicer part of Malifaux, um, there's a historic building. It is um, it was a, ended up being kind of uh, refurbished and brought back to life again. And they ended up naming it the Shipman Regal Theater. And it's a cinema. And uh, it plays movies every day, and they promise you movies about Malifaux on a daily basis. The problem is, when you go in there, only every third or fourth movie is actually about <laughs> Malifaux, because yeah. the other three are about role-playing, or how to design yeah. a game, or... Yeah, some boring shit. So you so you bought the ticket wanting to see Malifaux, but it turns out you've got about a one in four chance that the movie's actually going to be about Malifaux. The hell is Star Wars Legion? <laughs> exactly. Now, now Craig, Craig, exactly. If you had to, if you had to say, how many how many stories does this building have? How many floors? <laughs> so it turns out. There's not a joke there. That's too easy. Nate, <laughs> we got to step it up, Nate. got to step it up. Yeah, step it up at least three times. That's the problem. Basement. Okay. I'm having a good time. Right. We're having a good time. Victoria. Right. Yeah, so uh, Weird has named after me a landfill that is just perpetually burning because I'm a garbage fire of garbage <laughs> fire. Oh, Lord. <laughs> no, if you've never met me, you, if you've ever met me in real life, you'd, you'd understand. Like, I am a mess. <laughs> no, okay. And also, they're probably really sick of me shipping everyone with everyone and dedicating an entire fucking episode. You just call this lover's, lover's pit? Lover, Victoria's <laughs> lover's lane. There you go. I, I have backstory for this oh, yes? if you want it because you will it. love it. Hand it over. Okay, fun thing. We like Through the Breach. There's a lot of cool things about Through the Breach. In, I believe, the uh, the Under Quarantine book, there's an array of special grimoires that you include in your campaign. Mm -hmm. One of those is 
pretty much just a smut book. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Written about an existing, like, captain, I think, <laughs> and the guard. Yep. She's very un- upset about <laughs> the fact that this book exists. Yes. So it's illegal contraband, and the guild have tried to round up every copy they can, and they definitely haven't rounded up every copy they can. But I think they like to put all those books into a giant pile and set it alight, because the guild loves themselves a good book burning. But the problem is the fact that they're grimoires. <laughs> so they just keep burning. So they just keep burning. Okay, I like uh, this. It's great. And because so this was at a landfill, they, they just, just kind of burned the rest of the landfill. <laughs> sounds oh great. Oh my god. <laughs> so it's the smut fire. Just, yeah, just smut giant fire. burning smut. <laughs> Hashtag smut fire. I've got the book here. Hashtag right. steamers. That sounds right. You find it. It really leaves it. everybody uh, who uh, looks at the fire hot and bothered. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how did Nate. I forget about that grimoire? Jesus. Uh, Nate. Um, so mine is, um, it's a mountain somewhere, probably up in Slate Ridge or the, you know, the mountain ranges up north. It's Luckett's Nose. It's a large <laughs> nose-shaped mountain with two caves at the front flat side of it. Inside, there's two gargoyles. One always tells the truth. One always lies. You know how it goes. Ah, that old yarn. <laughs> No, don't pull the thing coming out of the caves. It's not a yarn. Uh, yeah, no, that's um, not going to feel good. Don't do that. That's a swamp golem. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's in a different book. Yeah. You thought it was a gargoyle, but it's not. This one. Hey. <laughs> uh, I expected that from Roman, but not from you. Yeah. I lied. Uh, speaking of me, uh, so I thought about this and was like, I could do just like, just insert random Roman Legion crossover here, but that's been done to death. So instead, uh, right downtown in Malifaux, a favorite lunch spot for uh, certain not well-meaning guild officials uh, is called, is a restaurant called the Heckin' Burgery. <sighs> Boo. I really hate this. Oh, it gets better. It gets better. It gets worse. Yes, it does. The... So it's it's a burger joint, but it's a high class burger joint. So all the new officers are kind of that's where they they end up going to celebrate things, except the ones that Lucius specifically promotes. He sends them somewhere else and he actually is sending everybody here that he doesn't like because the menu is itself a grimoire. And all of the titles of the food are ridiculously long and complicated. It's basically like if you wrote a burger menu in like German and Dutch at the same time. This is totally believable. Right? And we also all puns. Naturally. And here's the trick. Anybody that reads the whole thing goes back and, and gets rid of their officer's charter and joins Lucius's elite division as a lawyer. Because they've learned all the red tape out of the burger names. Are, are these also all things that you'd be really embarrassed to order by the actual name in a restaurant? Oh, oh entirely. <laughs> you found it? I did find it. Okay. Um, so it's called The Snowbound Guard. Because there are roughly 100 copies of the <laughs> steamy romance novella floating around Malifaux City and its satellite towns. The novella contains the story of Clara Quincy, a member of the Guild Guard, whose patrol is ambushed by bandits. She survives the attack and seeks shelter in a small contract town just as a blizzard hits, trapping her in a town filled with handsome suitors and alluring temptresses. Yes. (laughs) Victoria, how did they describe the story again? It's a what story? Steamy romance novella. It's a steamer. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) 
turns out like a trashy romance novel, but woven into its story are powerful magia and an amuro that impart themselves to the reader once the story is finished. The novella was originally a disguised grimoire for an arcanist infiltrator, but it somehow ended up getting printed by someone who merely thought it to be an amusing bit of smut. <laughs> the actual cleric Quincy, who has since risen to the position of captain in the guard, has devoted a significant amount of time to destroying every copy of it, the novella that she can find. So, yes, that is um, that's my favorite grimoire in this game. That is awesome. So, uh, one other grimoire I'd like to point out, it is a sword. And it's called Sorcery. That's all. That is all. That is all. <laughs> I love this uh, game. So it's okay. it is Craig's turn. Craig, we're back to Craig. Craig. Take right. topic. Um, a character from the last non Malifaux book. Well, first of all, that's silly because there's no Malifaux oh, books, oh, which is a problem. They need, oh, we need books about oh, Malifaux, man. not short stories, not source books. We need. We need the equivalent of the Black Library in Malifaux. All right. Heck yes. Books. All right. So a character from the last non-Malifaux book you read or a show you watched is being made into a Malifaux character. What faction keyword are they in and what do they do? So I, because I've been uh, trying to get neck deep into uh, Blades in the Dark, uh, started watching the Peaky Blinders. Mm, yes all right yeah. which everybody's been telling me i need to watch and for whatever reason like i just nah, nah, and now i like like literally what i'm gonna do when we stop recording is go watch two more episodes it's a phenomenal show mm-hmm. yes so we're gonna go with tommy tommy shelby <laughs> and for tommy what would he be i think and remember i'm only like halfway through season two so it might change if you've watched more Peaky Blinders than I have. I'm thinking he would have to be secret. Neverborn. Ooh. Ooh, I like yeah. It. I think he ends up, that's the big reveal at the end of the show. Like he goes through the whole thing. He's leading the family through. He's, he's, you know, he's gotten his, uh, his uh, criminal organization to a whole new height. And then he pulls off his, you know, latex mask and you realize he's Nephilim actual face <laughs> yeah I, like I dig it. it i like it nice and it's a great show if you're not watching it don't be an idiot like me and wait it's really good mm-hmm. no i want to be an idiot victoria way, so, way past that point doug yes <laughs> not gonna deny it so i'm gonna leave the big long explanation to you oh yeah and i'm gonna claim that the last show i watched is uh the the new anime wandering witch and the character i'm going to choose from that is going to be i believe she's just called the stardust witch but she's the main character's hot teacher from the first episode and clearly she has to be an arcanist makes sense keyword i would i don't think she's an academic i don't think she's smart enough to be an academic uh you can make her versatile versatile sure we'll make her versatile uh what does she do she does magic um <laughs> fair enough <laughs> Okay. Anything else? Anything else? Uh, uh, she's hot. Okay. Fair. Oh yeah. I understand. Um, the show in question is pretty much like an episodic thing where this there this girl she's a witch and she wanders around and short stories happen around her that sort of thing. If you've if you've ever watched Kino's Journey, it's very similar. Yes. Also very depressing in a lot of those episodes. If you've ever watched Kino's Journey, it's very similar. Um. <laughs> That's very, uh, 
I like the character because she's very like the stereotypical witch. We don't have a stereotypical witch with the hat. Yeah. Yeah, yes. she's, and she's got a big hat. It's a really big hat. And it's the cool a huge thing is like the brim of the hat on the bottom, you know, the part you see if you're looking at her face is just like a starry Stars. sky. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Very pretty. But yeah. We don't have witch in the in the Arcanist, no. the magic faction. Nope. No. Which is why I decided that you needed a witch. Okay, we needed a witch. We do need a witch. Nate. Nate. Alright, so I've been rewatching the Clone Wars. <laughs> Good uh, move. Excellent yeah, choice. Well, I, I need to watch Rebels, so I, I'm doing a full rewatch of Clone Wars, and I need to catch the last season of Clone Wars as well. So, either way, explanation over. I'm going with Obi Wan. Uh, so I've decided Obi Wan's going to be a marshal, and his main, his main draw is he's going to have a leap. So he'll be he'll be leaping alongside with Lady Justice. Uh, but he's got he's got two triggers on his leap. He can either declare "Hello there," of course, uh, which if he's placed an engagement with a model, he gains shielded plus two. Or he gains the high ground, which is if he's placed on size one or taller terrain, he gets focus plus one. <laughs> oh, wow. I love it. <laughs> I would like to think that he has some sort of like rivalry with Kaloti. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> no reason. No reason at all. No, no reason. Or Bonasuva. <laughs> or Lord Chompy Vance. Colonial's a construct. Fair enough. Jeez, Nate, you could have made an OT three on her. I think he takes Dreamer out to the desert, leaves him with a strange family, and watches him for like eighteen years, like a creeper. <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh, oh man! Oh, I mean, no. and then as soon as, as soon as like he finally meets dreamer for the first time he's like why don't you come over to my house we'll hang out alone with a bunch of droids (laughs) have you seen my lightsaber (laughs) that's your face immediately it was once held by your father (laughs) (laughs) he was a fantastic pilot Don't ruin this character for me! (laughs) Move on, please, Roman. Can't breathe. Laughing too hard. (laughs) All right. So, so can you can you record this? (laughs) Play it back later. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, I'm I'm gonna try the uh, the written word here because hello there, hello there. (laughs) So the the last book I've been rereading uh, is a novel of the Dresden Files. So uh, the other wizard named Harry, Harry Blackstone Copperfield Dresden, is coming to Malifaux and does about what he does in Chicago. He just does it in Malifaux now. So we have a cross between gritty private eye and always punching higher than he should blaster of magic. So he's going to be in the outcasts with as much as I wanted to put him in Arcanist. Like he, Thank he does. You. Yeah. He does not. I thought you were going to make him an Arcanist. I was going to call you a fucking coward. Nope. I had that. I had that thought when I was thinking about this and I was like, if I do this, Nate is never going to let me hear the end of it. So <laughs> be correct about it. He's going an outcast and he's going to be versatile because he will work with anybody uh, given the right reasons, but he'll essentially be a blend of a lot of, uh, 
scheme marker manipulation or moving towards them when they're dropped, kind of like investigators are. And basically, he will introduce something that they don't yet have a ton of in Malifaux, but the less health he has, the more damage he does. And it's all uh, magic at range. Okay. So frenzy. Yeah, but crank that up to 11. So frenzy plus one. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh, that was Roman. Okay. Yep, it's your turn. Oh God, the long explanation. Yep. Okay, so You're I actually, asked, I actually actually asked this. I'm Doug. I asked this group of people what qualified as a show because. Uh, okay. Um, they said pretty much fucking anything. So technically, that would include YouTube cre- creators, creators on YouTube. So PewDiePie is. Uh, no, I'm I'm kidding. God <laughs> no. How do uh, do you know what a VTuber is? I probably should explain to the audience. Uh, a VTuber is pretty much just a YouTuber. They usually play games. They do other things too. But instead of you seeing their actual human face, they're like rigged up digitally to usually a cute anime girl. Let's be perfectly honest. Yeah, Most usually. of the time it's a cute anime girl. There are a few cute anime boys, but it's mostly girls. Yeah. Boys. And there is, there is this company in Japan that it had done this thing a long, for a long time with Japan. Japanese characters, and they finally introduced these English-speaking characters, and so we have the English lineup of Hollow Life, which I follow a lot. Don't judge me; they're very entertaining. Shut up! <laughs> and honestly, I don't know which one was the last one I watched, so we're going to go with the one that's the easiest to slot into Malifaux, and that is Amelia Watson. Uh, kind of overlaying what Roman has. This is an investigator character who also has the added benefit of time traveling and ground pounding your mom. <laughs> so she's going to go ahead and go into the outcast. It's a very specific ability. <laughs> it is. But you know what? It's probably very damaging to your psychology. It's a willpower attack, really. Um, I was just, how many moms <laughs> do we have in Malifaux? Like that's got to do like double the damage against Ma Tucket. but uh because the fact that she is an investigator which would kind of put her in guild but she's also a time traveler which would be a bit of outcast so uh screw the guild she's going just to straight outcasts uh they don't hate her because she she's an independent investigator which we don't have in the outcast and i think they really need to kind of maybe lean into the film noir thing Mm -hmm. a little more so she would kind of fit that role. And um, she's definitely kind of a... You know, we could put her in Grum. We could put her in Bayou if we really wanted to. Hell yeah. She has a bit of a yeah, grum, gremlin-esque kind of gremlin, per- yeah. personality. Now what you really expect from an uh, investigator. But yeah, that's the long explanation. And that's honestly the last kind of show I watched. So there. Who's, yeah, who's it's, my, it's me. Uh, it's me. Right. I'm next. Yeah, I'm next. Make up a title for the opening song of Malifaux the Musical. So clearly the best choice for a title for the theme song of uh, for a title for the opening song of Malifaux, the musical musical bleh, is welcome to Malifaux. And uh, the main singer of that is Taylor, obviously. Mm. <laughs> Good choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But no, I'm not going to let you get away with that. What no. is what's going on in oh, this what opening is, scene? What is going on? It's, yeah. <laughs> it's Taylor just like slaughtering people. <laughs> okay, fair. Just hammering people out of existence. Every every summoner in the, the game the in the world like is summoned something and she just smashes it with her hammer. And the chorus there is, is a splash zone. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Implementation of the summoners. 
that's the uh, that's the parentheses. Welcome to Malifaux, the lamentation of the summoners. <laughs> oh God, uh, I'm I'm afraid for Nate's answer here. Nate, what you got uh, for me? My, no, mine is actually pretty well thought out. Um, so so Mr. Jacob Lynch comes out on stage and sings a little ditty I like to call Fifty Four Pickup." <laughs> all right okay you go ahead you had a question oh Oh, i was gonna say well since this is the opening song of the musical obviously there has to be a chorus um so who is that Ooh, i mean hungering darkness has to come out for his solo (laughs) but see as this is going on jacob and various other you know you got your um Various uh, employees of the Honey Potter tossing out drinks and cards and basically getting the entire audience addicted to brilliance so that nobody leaves. Oh, fair. That's a, that's a really good want strategy. a captive audience. <laughs> okay. Roman. So I'd just like to point out the actual best title of the opening song for any musical is Overture. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but what I would actually go with is I don't know why I'm on a, on a guild kick tonight. Something's wrong with me. Uh, but we would start with, uh, we're, we're in Lucius's office as he no, is kind of God. the, <laughs> yeah, the, the show starts in Lucius's office as he's getting his reports on what's going on. And as somebody mentions, you know, this seems like a pretty big deal. You should probably be the one to deal with whatever new thing is the actual cause of the plot. And he's just going to look at them and start into the opening number of that's what lackeys are for. <laughs> you know Fair. what this yeah Luci- lucius would lead us in with a show tune yeah, yeah. um i took this a different Don't way worry. i'm actually not involving technically any malifo characters in this because oh, okay. for some reason i thought oh malifo musical let's introduce people to the world of malifo maybe they're unfamiliar with it for some reason this is this fucking musical's on broadway because some dumbass decided hey this universe is pretty right for the taking for a musical right okay uh <laughs> there so are we, weirder musicals we've got to introduce malifo to the audience right okay so we're gonna follow the character where she like comes in on the train she's all hopeful and then it starts raining and she you know runs inside and then she gets mugged and then she runs away from that and she comes across this weird tree with these people hanging on it and there's this guy with this bag on his head accosting her oh no in the name of the song we're gonna call um couldn't get oh. worse could it oh no <laughs> <laughs> which is about as malvo as you could possibly get for a song title i think yeah, whoa even better okay this ends up being a, a romance musical of course between this lady and uh, this beauty and her beast with a bag on his head. Oh, God. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> no. Are you going to change your answer for your OTP? <laughs> uh, with with A1 Jackson Daw. <laughs> stop playing with the drawer, Doc. Fuck. Yeah, stop playing with the drawer. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's as far as I got, as far as thinking that up. Craig, I'd like to hear your answer. Hey there, scoundrels. Uh, steamers? No, no, no. Scoundrels. Roman here. I'm sure you all want to hear what Craig's answer to this one was, too. But his answer to this and the remaining few questions we recorded were so hilariously powerful, they warped the audio into the partial steps for a ritual to ascend to tyranthood. 
we thought this would be a poor decision to release upon the world, so we've scrubbed the effective audio from the cosmos. Never fear, despite this, we have had a blast recording with Craig, and fully plan to kidnap him to record with us again and say nice things about us until we can't take it anymore, which we truly appreciate it. In the meantime, check out Third Floor Wars in the many places Craig has spread his tendrils through the internet for more great content from him, including the two Star Wars RPG groups that Doug and I somehow managed to infiltrate. The good, the scum, and the villainy, and a fistful of credits. Now, here's the rest of the cast with the last scraps of recording I could safely publish. We have Craig. Been, he's been kidnapped, but we're going to release him after this, so he's been a good sport about it. He said he'd record one podcast with us, and then we let him go. Uh, Nate was lying, of course, but uh, he's he's done a good job on this podcast. We, we're done. We're done. We're way past the 60 minutes. Um, but yeah, we had a blast. It was fun. I think everyone enjoyed themselves. Craig did a great job. Uh, he's pretty good at, at off-the-cuff humor, I think. And I, I think he got to let his hair down. Um, or his Chet's hair or something. He doesn't have a really long hair. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so, yeah, we'll go around the thank yous as usual. Um, we'll go ahead with Nate and Roman, the same person. Thank you. Anytime. You. Happy to be here. Yeah. Totally not a Cadmus oh. bug. <laughs> Thank you, Victoria, yeah. for stepping in at the last minute. I'm contractually obligated. Yay! It's called marriage. It's called marriage. And thank you, Craig, for showing up. He's Craig. He plays Malifaux. He's got a podcast. Go listen to it if you like it's got a few episodes. actual information on this game. <laughs> but no one does, right? No, it's, 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 thanks <laughs> thanks to you, to all four of you people. And thank you, listeners, for listening to us and putting up with Roman's puns. Honestly, that's the worst part of this episode by far. Okay, uh, have a great night, folks. And as I always say, as we always say, because this is Friday Night Foe Down, we We're are sorry. sorry. We're sorry. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Songs used in this production are Villainous Treachery and Five Card Shuffle. All music is created by Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.